Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to my podcast, the Stephen Sully Study. Um, I've got another Zoom interview about to happen with uh, a guy I got to know slightly passively over the years via the Haymaker Gym, Joe Fournier. Um, one of the reasons why, or the two reasons why, I'm really looking forward to this uh, this conversation with you, Joe, because you know my two passions in life, by my family, is business and boxing. And you, my friend, tick both of those boxes pretty well. So uh, thank you for coming aboard and thank you thank you for agreeing, Joe. Thanks. Yeah, and honestly, uh, pleasure to be on here. I always had a lot of love for you from the day we met. And uh, I, we've been talking about this for a while. So it's a good time with my fight coming up as well, a bit more interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, let's, let's dive straight into it then, Joe, yeah? Because... Um, even I want to talk slightly about your background. I mean, I'm I'm personally intrigued because you know I'm on my I'm on my journey of becoming you know hopefully a successful business person. I'm nowhere near the level you're at, um, and and I'm a true believer of learning from people that walk the path and getting inspired and educated. But before we go on to that part, you know you're fighting on the undercard of Jake Paul and um, I can never pronounce his name properly. Askrim, is it? Yeah, Ben Askrim. That's it. And you're fighting Raycon. Now, I was... Is that is that correct? Now, he, he's, a, he's a rapper, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, he's a reggaeton. He's like the number one rapper out of uh, Colombia. And we got in a bit of a scrap in a, in a restaurant in Miami about a month and a half ago. I had a different opponent, actually. I had a, I had a boxer, like a regular boxer. And then uh, because of the hype, because of who he was and had a, someone, you know, that everyone videoed it at this kind of trendy restaurant, uh, and it was like 20 of them and one of me. I was just me and my lawyer. Huh. So it kind of went viral a little bit. And then I, I was getting all these death threats. And I just texted him. I said, mate, where I'm from, like, it's a little scrap in the pub. Like, relax. You want to fight me? Get in the ring. And uh, he didn't reply. And I screenshot that and posted it, put it on him a bit. And then he took the challenge. So uh, they contacted Triller. Triller changed the opponent. And now I'm fighting a rapper. Yeah, wicked. Do you know like when I when I when I saw it, Joe? Obviously, I've commented on your um your uh, your 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 Instagram quite a few times, particularly about you you fighting again because I know you toyed with the idea about a year ago, and um, I've got to be honest, like yeah. you keep yourself in good nick. You know, you're you know you you, you clearly keep keep yourself training. Uh, you I know you're ambitious because you're a business person, and I kept on saying to you a few yeah. times, look, come back, come back, and this this. It seems like you found your spark again, and I and I yeah. kind of feel that you go into this, you're going to win it. And is it going to tee up like a fight with someone like a Jake Paul or Logan Paul? Is that what you're trying to get to? Well, I'd love to fight Jake Paul next. Uh, um, no, I haven't made it a secret. I call him out every interview, every podcast, every time I'm on telly because you know he started picking on me. You know, you know, and he kind of started talk, calling me an old man and he put me in a coma and all that nonsense. And you got to just look at it from a respect standpoint. He were, I lost my virginity when he was minus one. He wasn't even a sperm. <laughs> so I'm 14 years older than the kid. You can't talk to me. Like, I was slapped right <laughs> in your face, in or out of the room. So I want to have that fight. Obviously, you know how it is. At the end of the day, being a business person, uh, as you are a business person, it's business boxing. It's not just who 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 the two toughest guys on the planet. It's who sells the most tickets, who creates the most hype, who makes the most money. 
And at the end of the day, one thing I ain't never going to knock no one is by making money. You know, in his third professional fight, Jake Paul's making $10 million. So better than I've ever done, or, or, or most, you know. Yeah. Um, and so at the end of the day, I got to make myself as relevant to be able to kind of warrant a seat at the table to be able to call him out and uh, and to kind of say to the TV network or to Thriller or to whoever else is going to put it on is, look, i got a bigger fan base or I've got people want to see this fight. Uh, otherwise, you're going to avoid me and keep fighting rappers and uh, basketball players and retired MMA guys and really avoid anyone that's going to punch him back just as hard as he does or harder as he does. Yeah. Listen, I've got to be honest, when I saw him come onto the scene, you know, I'm no pro, pro boxer, Joe. Uh, you know, I've had a few fights myself in amateur and also in the Queensbury League. And uh, I'm definitely going to have a few yeah. more fights this year. But when I saw him and his brother calling people out, I was like, mate, I wish I had a big enough following because I would love to get in there myself and have a go, you know. But um, fair play for putting yourself in that situation. Yeah, you know, people kind of look at it like, you know, I got lucky. But if you think about it, when I fought on David Hayes, undercard at the O2 Arena. I was the first of this kind of hybrid boxer, celebrity slash businessman, you know, kind of like hybrid type personality, you know, because I don't have that amateur pedigree. And funny enough, when I was fighting professionally, you know, in the UK, everyone was like, ah, he's crap, ah, he's a seller, ah, it's not real, he's buying this five nonsense. And now I'm fighting on the celebrity shows and I'm seen as a real fighter. And it's like, you got to pick your boys with you. And some like, oh, he's too good to fight this guy. And, then, and when I fight boxing, they go, oh, he's too shit to fight this guy. And you just can never win. You're always going to have people against you and people with you, you know? Yeah, listen, uh, in, in life, I think anything you go into for the, for well, anything you, you, you go into any, any market, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. You know, there's always going to be people that... Yeah big you up and there's always people going to pull you back down. But like I said, fair, fair play. Joe, look, um, obviously you're a businessman and I'm, 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 like I said, like to consider myself businessman. Numbers, what, what sort of money are you going to get for this fight? Can you talk about that? Uh, look, the, all the contracts should do a private because of uh, they're, they're going publicly listed. Okay. Uh, let's just say I'm not really doing it for the money, to be honest with you. This is more about a personal challenge about wanting to get back in the ring mentally for me. Okay. Uh, I'll make more money doing my real job. Uh, that's, that's for sure. So uh, for me, it was just like, you know, Tyson Fury touched on it in a lot of his interviews where he talks about mental health and, uh, you know, people just see a lifestyle and they assume you're always happy. But as you know, having had great success in business, it can be lonely to get to your goal because not always everyone's in agreement with you, right? Mm. Not everyone always sees the vision and then you've got to take a lonely, dark path sometimes. And um, I think when you really get in certain ruts in your life, you need like little, little releases to kind of give you that spark. And as you said, you see that spark in me this time. And I just really enjoy this stuff. You know, the razzmatazz, the, the interviews, the hype of it, the nervousness of going into a big arena, being on telly. And, you know, these are these are kind of legacy memories. Like, think about it. I was an immigrant kid, French-Italian, grew up in Hounslow, <coughs> born in London, working for one pound an hour at Lahori Karahi Curry House. Bless you. Right? So yeah. I went from a curry house to fighting on a show, doing my passion, yeah. next to Justin Bieber. <laughs> like, so you tell me, like, how, how inspirational that is for young, other young kids in London or anywhere else in the country for that state, they don't see a way out. They get one pound an hour. They're working. They ain't got a, you know, uh, uh, a social security, a national sharing. And 
dreams are possible, man. And yeah. that's all I'm doing it for is just to keep my mental health straight, focus. I haven't drank company. If I, it gives you a real target and a goal. So I do it more for my mental health, you know, because business is hard. And you get wins, you get losses. You know, COVID's been hard. Like, there's been a lot of it. Just what I post on my Instagram is all lifestyle and luxury stuff. But it doesn't mean that behind the scenes it ain't grass. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. People just don't want to see me miserable having a meeting with my lawyer for eight hours. Boxing keeps my sanity. Yeah. And um, so... And there's a humbleness to it. So I, I know... Because you know, anyone can punch you in the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, don't I know it? Um, you ain't got to be rich to punch um, someone in the face. You know, in time. Well, I, I've I've listened to like so many um, videos from like uh, boxers or athletes or MMA fighters, and 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 the thing about MMA or even combat sports boxing, it's a great equalizer because whether you're you know, old, whether you're young, whether you're rich, whether you're poor, whether you're black, whether you're white, it doesn't matter your background. The moment you get in that ring, all that matters is how much work you've put in outside of the ring. That's what yeah. it comes down to. I mean, I'm just going to show you something. I don't know if you can see this, but this is, I stopped my run and I was my second hour. I burned 1,048 calories on the two hour slow jog just to cut weight for yeah. seven days for a rapper. So yeah. I take this shit really seriously. I've trained twice a day for the last 10 weeks now. Yeah. So people, that's the humbleness of it. You don't train, you don't make weight. You don't train, you're going to be shit. You don't train, your timing's off. You don't train, you're going to lose. And it, it, you can be a trillionaire. If you don't train, you lose. And that's the thing about boxing. is it, You're just as equal as anyone. Money's irrelevant. Yeah, I hear that, mate. So, look, let's, let's just say you knock this geezer out, which I'm pretty sure you will. I believe you're going to get into a position where you're also going to knock out Jake Paul. Um, then, then, then what's for you in the boxing world? Because, you know, you, um, when I was researching, you're 38. Is that right? 38, yeah, man. 38. You look really yeah, no, good for 38, mate. I'm 35, so I'm not far behind you. Um where uh, where where do you see this this boxing career going then? Because obviously, t- typically, I know boxers can go beyond forty, but you know, w- you know, around about forty, people normally hang up the gloves. Yeah, look, to be honest with you, I was saying this to someone else. They were like, "What do you think about a domestic buster?" And just like, let's say you're my friend, right? Even as my friend, do you really care for me to fight like Duarte or Lyndon Arthur or, or or Anthony Yard? No, you'd rather see me fight. Uh, 50 cents if you get what I'm saying like, yeah. like it's not that's not my career anymore because I'm too old like they're up and coming young bucks that are 24, 25 Olympic champions superstars got 10 year career ahead me I've got I'm, I'm at the end so why would I go from you know getting paid well at the Mercedes Arena fighting on one of the big you know they had 20 million viewers last fight to going back down to fighting for the Southern Area title it makes no sense right yeah so I think for me, the kind of celebrity hybrid MMA fighters, former champions, uh, you know, people kind of in in my age range and kind of YouTubers, this thing is that makes more sense for me. Like if you were in my shoes, that's probably what you'd do as well, right? You wouldn't go, oh, give me Dimitri Bebo and get me 40 grand for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not obviously your vision. That's not you your know? goal. Yeah, and I, and I totally hear that. And um, part, part of doing this as well, uh, Joe, um, you know, obviously you said about the, 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 the mental focus and getting physically fit, et cetera, which I fully respect, but also your profile. I mean, it must be really good for your profile and that must have a halo effect into yeah. businesses or other opportunities. 
Well, absolutely. And also, like, people don't get to know me very well unless they have these sit-downs with me like you are now. So it's great to kind of get my point across and be able to understand why I do things. You know, on paper, on my Instagram, you know, you just think this arrogant, rich, you know, you know, daddy's rich kid. When no one knew I grew up in Hounslow and was a dishwasher for five of us in the studio. So when people start to understand my story, it's not just about making money from the bag. It is genuinely about inspiring others. I, I swear to you, when I've been really down this camp because I'm paying calories, I've lost 25 pounds to make the weight. I've been alone. It's been, you know, like, yeah, it's great to be in Miami, but man, being 38 inspiring 30 rounds a week and getting beat up sometimes isn't fun anymore. Right? It's not like when you're 24 and you're like, I'm going to be a world champion. Like, it's hard. And the messages that I get on Instagram from young entrepreneurs and young up and coming people that, man, I grew up in Hounslow. You're the reason that I get up and I started my business and now it's making 10 grand a year and now it's making 100 grand a year. And those messages make what I'm doing worthwhile, if that makes sense. There is a halo effect onto business, but not really because my business is so obscure relative to, to sports, right? I mean, I sell booze for a living. I sell alcohol and food. It's like the opposite of what I do. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's not like I had a shoe, shoe company or a CBD oil or somebody you could really relate to or a boxing glove business. I, 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 have, I have a nightlife business, you know. I, no one in my world yeah i guess i guess it's not um it's a little bit like uh richard branson right uh sir richard branson billionaire um he used to be known pulling off public stunts you know whether that's uh abseiling down yeah. a building or going around the world in a hot air balloon and nearly killing himself you know he's not trying to sell the hot air balloon but yeah. he's doing these kind of public displays because people talk about him and in some ways joe you know i know you've got many different businesses real yeah. estate and also restaurants and high-end uh, nightclubs and stuff but they're gonna go let's go to that mm. club because do you know that geezer joe he just fought on you know the you know jake paul won the card so that's what i kind of mean you know it has that kind of knock-on effect yeah. It definitely increases my profile. Right? You know, my I, I wouldn't mind doing more stuff on TV. I really enjoy the TV shows that I did in the UK, the, the philanthropic one with Eamon Holmes that we, where we helped out a lot of people and also the one about my business. I do enjoy being on the camera. So maybe stuff like that comes off the back of it. Things that, you know, I'd love my own talk show one day, like a Jeremy Kyle or something, you know, <laughs> something like that where you can have your friends come on and, and talk about, you know, I enjoyed it when I did Jeremy Kyle, actually. So, you never know. I'm just, you know, like I said, just taking each fight as it comes. The dream is to get Jake Paul next. Uh, the dream is actually to fight on the Fiorentina Lopez on the card. That's on Triller, and that's uh, June the 5th. So hopefully I get a kind of a marquee knockout this time, and then uh, I can kind of prove my worth and increase my profile. That's all it's about. It's just like a normal business. you got to increase your market and to get your profit. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally hear that. You just said something as well, like, you know, you're, you're, you're 38 years of age, and... Unlike when you were like, let's say, in, in your in your late 20s, things are hurting now. I mean, I'm 35. Mm. I've just started sparring in the last five, six weeks. I fight down the boxing booth, which is at the booth's gym. I'm going to be hopefully doing yeah. two more fights later on this year. And I've got, I've noticed, I've noticed, you know, from two years ago, my wrists, you know, my neck, it hurts so much mm. more as you grow up. So preserving your body, Joe, I mean, you know, your guy, like I said, keeps yourself a good neck. What are the secrets? What are the keys? What are the ingredients to preserve your body? Because you've clearly done it well over the years. You know, one thing I've done the last few, I'd probably say last few years, I really cut out down alcohol. Like, I 
I used to drink maybe three, four times a week like everyone else, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or a booze, you know, Monday, then Thursday, Friday, the weekend, you know, whatever it is, that culture of being in London, I love going to the pub, I like having a pint, right? And then I realized that was really the catalyst to eating bad food and then wanting processed food, yellow food. Because it kind of messes with your cravings because of the the kind of, um, what do they call them? Um, the, the, the good bacteria in your stomach turns into bad bacteria, and that's what gives you the cravings. Yeah. I only learned that a few years back. So now I try and stay away from alcohol unless it's a real celebration, and I just chug water. I drink maybe like uh, eight, ten liters every day, training yeah. or not training. What it does, it fills you up. It really increases your metabolism and also keeps you skinny. Good stuff on the skin from like cream on the outside, but from the inside out, that's really the most important. So, yeah. um, so yeah, they're kind of my secrets. And one thing that I did this summer in Nikonos where I was having a good time and I was drinking more is I, I never had a day off. So, even if I'd had a big night out with all the boys, went out on the boat, <clears> drank <throat> all day, rose, whatever it was, I would either do a wake session or I would skip for an hour. And that was like before I ate or did anything, that was like my rule. All right, you want to have a good night? Cool. But tomorrow you've got to put that in before you do anything else. And um, I think there's there three disciplines. There's lots of water, training every day, and just really like cut back 80% on your booze. Yeah. And mentally it helps you. It really helps that positive mindset where you want to eat salads, want to eat grilled foods as opposed to fried foods and cheese and bread and all yeah. the stuff I like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, th- I think I think I, th- I definitely second that. So, just one last bit on the on the boxing subject because um, I noticed that you turned over when it was in 2015, and currently, right now, you're eight and zero with eight knockouts. If I'm right, yeah. And you well, can- actually, you know, it's on, if you go on fight pack, it's got my real record. Box correct, they're a bit of a scam. And they, they didn't put up my last two fights, although they were sanctioned by the WBA and they were in the US and I won the WBA international title and was ranked number 10. They don't want to recognize them. It's a website by two Germans. But actually, Fight Facts is a paid website and that's what the commissions look at. Right. I'm actually 10 and 0. So, so like, typically, Joe, you normally you normally find people come from the am- amateurs. Uh, they have, like, you know, I know 20, 30, 40, 50 fights, and then they turn over. And that's your typical textbook kind of uh, route to market, so to speak. But, but you're, 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 you know, there are, there are a handful of boxers that never had an amateur career, and they, they've gone on to do some really good stuff. So how come, you know, how come you turned over so late, you know, in your life? You know, I never wanted to be. Boxing was never kind of something that I thought I was. I would be a professional. I never thought I was any good, to be honest with you. I just got really fat. I was like 28, 29. I broke up with my girlfriend, and I was about 18 stone. Right. Wow. And super fat. And I made a. I made a good, good, good money in in my business. And then when I broke up with my girlfriend, who was very pretty, and she, you know, I just felt, I felt like that fat dude that girls are only talking to because they know he's made a few quid. Yeah. <laughs> and like my ego can handle it. And then I just did a charity fight, to be honest with you. Just so I knew I needed to put myself out there because I know that's what motivates me is the pressure of of the risk. Being right? accountable, yeah. It, I'm fighting this day. Right, you're accountable. So that that was the only thing that because I didn't need to be accountable for anything. I didn't need to lose weight. Right? I was living a happy life. I was making money. It wasn't affecting my business. So I did a charity fight and then they rolled into I did like 10, 15 events uh, with uh, White Collar Boxing London, which is a great organization if anyone wants to try a charity fight. Uh, Scott 
Scott, uh, the guy's name, uh, Borkwood, Scott Borkwood. And then, uh, and he helped my confidence. And then, then I did some unlicensed fights, uh, which were a bit harder. And then I started training, you know, then I, by that point, I'd lost about 40 pounds. And so I was feeling really good about myself, like mentally as well. And that's what I'm saying is about my mental, because to be 18 stone, you've got to have lost your mind if you're six foot one. You know what I mean? You've got to really let yourself go and be in a dark place somewhere along the line. So I didn't realize that until I'd lost the weight. And then I came to Miami and I was really enjoying it. And then my, the coach said to me, you know, you've been sparring a lot of pros in the gym. So why don't you have one pro fight just so you can tell your grandkids? Uh, uh, you know, granddad was a pro boxer. He was one and zero. Yeah. And that was just the, that was the plan. Yeah. Just to say to say to my grandkids, I don't even have a wife or kids, but one day to say, oh, granddad was a pro boxer. He had one fight. And it was Dino Spencer at the Christie Gym in Miami. There. So oh, let's do it. Let's go. There's a guy. He's doing his debut in six weeks time. They need an opponent. He's a light heavyweight. Do you want me to try it? And I'm like, oh, I was a bit scared, to be honest with you, because I didn't really know how, I still don't really know how good I am. Because even this camp, I sparred a guy from the army and he beat the shit out of me. And I sparred a 15 and 0 light heavyweight golden glove champion. I beat the shit out of him. So I actually have no idea how good I am still to this day, you know? <laughs> so I went out to the Dominican Republic. I did my pro debut. I knocked the guy out in the first round. And then there was a fight four weeks later. And I'm like, all right, this is fun. Like the, the weight cutting, I enjoyed all of the process, really of just the discipline of it. And it made me more efficient in my job because I was lighter, I had more energy, I was sleeping less hours. I didn't need so many hours to get going, you know? Because when you are lighter, you got your blood flows to your brain better. Yeah. And that's kind of how it kept going. And then when I, when I won the WBA title, I fully noticed. And the WBA called up and they said, look, the, the belt's there. If you want to fight the guy, fly down there and fight him. And I did. And I got the crap kicked out of me for nine rounds. I hadn't been firing. I hadn't fought in a year and a half. And then I dropped him in the night. The only good thing, two things I'm good at, mate, is I've got, I've got a good chin and I can throw hard. When <laughs> I throw punches, I throw them for real. If you tell me, ah, oh, look at Joe on the, the pads or shadow boxing or whatever, I look crap. I'm more of like a, just let's have a fight and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> and I train really hard. That's it. So I've got good, good cardio. I can punch hard. I've got a good chin. Like, if you tell me, <clears throat> double jab, right, slip, uppercut, body shot, left hook, turn. Like, forget about it. That ain't me, man. <laughs> so did like before your charity fights, did you have any kind of uh like even even going down a boxing gym on the bag or on the pads or 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 did you come into boxing literally when you're doing your charity fights? I'd done a little bit of stuff as a as a young kid, a little bit of bare knuckle on the in the caravan parks around Hounslow, Heston Way. Right. When uh and we'd like get paid a few quids to mess around down there. But nah, nothing, nothing relevant as a oh. uh, you know after the age of like fifteen. Well, well, it's it's impressive to see your journey, mate, and it's definitely definitely inspiring. So, um, look, I want to talk about a little bit about about business now, the back end of the uh, the sort of the interview. So, um, look, um, looking at your social profile, then, mate, um, you're you never sit still. You're in Ibiza, then you're in Mykonos, then you're in Miami, then you're somewhere else, then you're in London. Um, I've obviously met you at the David Hay gym. I've gone outside and there's a lovely Rolls Royce Rafe out there. You've got lovely watches, you know, keep yourself in good nick. And I've got to be honest, mate, from an outsider, if I didn't know you, people would be like, this guy's the real James Bond because you can fight, you know, you're, you're fit, but then you also got, you know, you're, you're a businessman and you, you know, and you also got the nice toys as well. You know, I've seen you on private jets. You've got your lovely little uh, pooch dog there called the Duke. Um, which I think is named after yeah. your, uh, named after your sort of boxing alias, 
And then also, you know, yeah. you're on yachts and stuff. So look, like you said earlier, from from the outside, it looks great, but there must be some challenges. So let's talk about, let's say, your journey. According to Forbes, mm. your your net worth is somewhere around the hundred million pound mark. Um, how did that happen? I think, you know, how's the best way to describe success? I think, you know, someone said this to me the other day, and he, he was he was a multi billionaire, right? And he said to me. Um, he goes, I said, man, I asked him the same question you just asked me. I said, man, like, I dream one day to be like worth 10 billion like you. And he says to me, trust me, you know, Biggie, the singer, got it right, more money, more problems. <clears throat> and I said, how's that? You can do everything. You've got 10 planes, you've got 40 yachts, you've got the best house, you throw parties to 2,000 people at a time, you know. And he's like, man, if you make 10, you spend nine. If you make 10 million, you spend nine million. If you make 10 billion, you spend 9 billion. He goes, I'm just under as much pressure as the guy working to pay his mortgage. And I think, like, I've earned, you know, great, I've made great business decisions, but it's still the same pressure because how do you grow? You grow by taking risks, right? So imagine you're at a casino and you put a pound on red, right? And then you make two pounds. Well, what are you going to do to make four pounds? You've got to risk that two pounds, yeah. right? So at the end of the day, it's like it swings. And the swings is what creates the pressure. And when the swings are good, yeah, you get a boat and you get a plane. And you, but the swings are down, you're selling the boat, you're selling the plane, you're paying the staff. Yeah. So to, to be honest with you, it's like, yeah, you know, like I said, I put, on, I put out there all the positive things that are aspirational to young entrepreneurs. But yeah, obviously I'm in a hospitality. We've not been allowed to open for nearly a year and a half, you know? Yeah. And it looks like it could be two years. Like obviously the business in Mykonos is open because it's open air. And uh, they've been really strict in Greece. But I've had, like, just this year alone, I've had 10 million quid's worth of deals for through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had, I, had a, I had a 10 million deal right on the table. Thank you very much. Check to be written. Just, nah, COVID, uh, the new variant. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just as under much pressure as everyone else. You know, sometimes I, like, I, I, I kind of wish I'd been the employee again. When I was a dishwasher... <laughs> And I made I made eight pounds. I knew that at the end of the day, I had eight pounds to spend on the weekend. You know, yeah. now it's kind of like you're up, you're down. You don't even know what it is anymore. Yeah. And it is a lot of pressure and stress. So you just got to grind through it. And I think that if I could turn back the clock, I would enjoy the moment more. Oh man, I had a lot of times where I wanted to like have that article for hundred million Joe Fournier, and then you're like, ah. Oh. Now when you say it back to me, I feel embarrassed. I feel like, oh, you know, that's not why I want to be known for. I want to be known for, you know, legacy stuff, being a good person, helping other people, not like, oh, yeah, look at Joe's art collection. He's got <laughs> 20 million in art or whatever it is, or his watches or his planes. So I think I appreciate, you know, the luck and, and the chances that I've had. You know, I wouldn't change that. But I think now as I'm getting into, like, my older things, it's definitely humbled me. Like you said, your sore back or my gray hair. I, how do, who do I pay to get rid of my grey hairs or my receding hairline <laughs> <laughs> or the fact that I get uh, I sparred the other day my neck's been sore for four days you know what I mean I used to spar every day of the week sometimes when I was 25, 26 so yeah yeah you, you, you start to realise so what I will say is enjoy the moment because even when it's shit they're the things you remember at a later date Joe like but why I'm on this podcast with you yeah is because I know you're a good businessman and I know you've made good business decisions. But this podcast is your passion that one day I hope will be something great and, you know, will be 
some uh, legacy business for you. And oh. I'm only on here and I always stayed in touch with you because I know that this means a lot to you. You know what I'm saying? And and it, this is the hardest point is getting people on it, right? And it only takes one day David Beckham to call you or, you know, uh, Richard Branson to call you. And next thing you know, your podcast, you're the new Joe Rogan, right? It only takes that break. So if I can support anyone in their dream, I will always do it. And uh, you don't need to do this. You, you don't make money doing this. Same way I don't really make money fighting. So I, I'm with you on this journey is the point. Yeah. I know how it feels. Yeah, really, really, really like thankful and uh, humbled by them words, Joe. And uh, there's a couple of things that you said there. Enjoy the moment. Um, listen, in the last couple of years, I don't know what it is. It's like a switch has gone off in my head. I think it's more because um, I've got I've got a son now. He's like two and a bit years of age. And I've got to be honest, yeah. Joe, I, I was a guy like even though, even a few years ago, right? I was point blank, never getting married. Never going to have kids. And I was saying it all the time. Me and my, me and my missus I've been with now for almost 14 years. We nearly broke up a few times because of it, because I was so, so like never going to do it. And yeah. anyway, a few things changed. And now I'm married. I got married last year in Amanti in Ibiza. You probably know it's a restaurant up in the hills. And uh, also got yeah, my son. Yeah, yeah. And now when, I, when, when I think, think over, uh, over the last few years, the number one thing is be in the moment, enjoy the moment, you know, because that's the thing that really is is a bit of a regret sometimes because I think about business all the time. I go home and my missus says to me, you're not really here at the moment, are you? And I said, look, babe, I just can't switch off. I've got, I'm thinking about the next deal. The, the It's a blessing and a curse yeah. because it's a blessing because I want to push on with my business. I want to become a success. Mm-hmm. I want to have all the things in the world. I want to be a billionaire. My affirmations every day in my book, and I can prove it to you right now in this book next to me, I write down every single day, I'm I'm a multi-billionaire. I'm the best version of me. And I write that every single day. The downside yeah. of not switching off is I'm missing some golden moments in the, pre- in the present. So that's number one. The thing you just said there, I resonate with that so much. Number two, the podcasting is a bit like your boxing. You're right. I'm not making money from it now. I do want to in the future. Not because I'm going to need the money. It's because it gives me validation I'm doing something good because you can measure when you get paid. But for me, it's a creative outlet, you know, and also it allows me to connect people around the world. Like, Joe, if I went over to you, I mean, maybe you're different because, you know, you become a bit of a friend. But let's just say me and you were strangers and I just bumped into you one day and said, I want to pick your brain and ask you questions. You are a nice guy, so you probably would do it. But... Most people were like, well, why? Yeah. But because I have a hat on or as a podcaster, it changes the dynamics and then yeah. I can connect with people. And the old saying is your, yeah. your net worth is determined by your network. And this allows me to expand my network. So, um, yeah, I just yeah. wanted to touch on a couple of things you said there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, man. And, uh, you know, I think you should, um, just from my standpoint, I think the approach that you're coming at, with this podcast is really cool because you're kind of not just focusing on one dimension you're kind of multi-dimensional so uh, I'm really glad we finally connected properly yeah man so so can, can I just just ask about a little bit about your business career so I know that you sold 14 gyms which you owned a freehold to to a FTSE 100 company that's what I read yeah is that yeah cr- is yeah, that- yeah so I had so I had gyms and then I went into nightlife, and then I went into different real estate ventures, 
And um, to be honest with you, now I went into, I did a lot of stock trading, which was very, and uh, I just never got caught onto these coins quick enough. I was kind of anti coin. Right. And now, you know, I'm kind of in a crossroads, you know, myself is why I keep building that hospitality brand because one thing you just touched on for me is I can't switch up. Like you just said. So I haven't been able to have a girlfriend for six, seven years. And um, that, and I want to do what you've done is have a wife and kids, you know? So I, I'm kind of like, man, do I maybe like wind it back in a little bit, say, start taking less risks and, you know, try and find out? Because who wants to date a nightclub owner? Mm-hmm. Like walking around the club every night with 23-year-old girls going, oh, that's how I'm in the club, oh, what's your name? You know, follow you on Instagram, add you on Instagram, celebrities, whatever, all coming to the club. And then you're going home to your missus smelling a booze and perfume. It's like, not really the one. Imagine, yeah. imagine she accepts it, imagine you marry her, and then she gets pregnant and you're still doing that. Yeah. You know, it's just not nice. I would feel, I would feel terrible doing it as a person. So I might be looking at, you know, other things, you know, that's why maybe from these five, the TV opportunity comes up somewhere where I can take this business experience, I can take the knowledge I have, I can take the life experience, apply it maybe in a TV format, apply it maybe to something like that, that I can then build a, you know, a third career, so to speak, from gyms, whether it's a nightlife, uh, the television, who knows, you know, like, um, anything is possible, you just got to keep your eyes and ears open and kind of, uh, and, and, and keep your faith. Yeah. Joe, Joe what was it like? Because this, this business I'm in now is called Woodbury House. It's my art, art company and we've got a couple of divisions. Yeah. We've got the advisory arm and then we're just building up an e-commerce arm. we just got a new non-exec director on board yeah. and I won't mention any names, uh, but a guy that I've, and I don't want to give it away actually, the guy I've interviewed on my podcast back in of last year, you know him. Uh, for sure and we're going to approach him we're going to approach him next week to see not necessarily as maybe as an investor but trying to bring him on board because we know we can scale up our business and sell it I've never sold a business I've got properties and stuff like that and I've made a few quid by doing sales etc but what's what's that feeling like when you actually sell a business to a fortune fight sorry uh, a fortune 100 company what's what's that like I think look selling any business yeah I have every hundred deals 99 don't go through, right? So it is a bit like hitting a fixing cricket. It is a bit like, you know, getting that girl's number that you've always wanted to get a number. It's kind of like that knockout punch, so to speak. It just feels incredible because so many of the, the times you get let down, like I told you, I literally had a business on the table right now that was paid me out 10 million a year for the foreseeable. And it fell through, I mean, because of the second COVID, um, the second COVID variant. I mean, what are the chances? And it was government-based, right? So it's not like I could go and do it another way. The government said no. The government said no. Yeah. So there are so many deals that fall through that when you do finally get one that gets bought out, it is an incredible feeling, man. You know, it's kind of one of the best feelings you'll ever have. But it is, it is rare. It's hard. And I think now I have a bit more experience. Before it was kind of fluke, to be honest with you. Now I have a bit more experience. People can really build businesses to sell them. Like what you're doing is having an advisory board, having recurring revenue, keeping your overhead down, not paying yourself a big salary. And, uh, you know, all the basics of what kind of VC companies look for. Uh, good cash flow. Um, I think all of those elements, you know, I didn't really understand before. I was just cowboy in it and bagging it. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, uh, I mean, you know, look, you, for for someone who's fluked into it, or or let's say a, a winged it, as you just put it, you you've, you've you've pulled it off pretty well, Joe. So that's yeah. remarkable. Um, look, uh, yeah. I, I know you got to shoot off in a second, mate. So I don't want to take too much of your time. Um, where? So obviously your fight your fight is on the seventeenth, which is basically just over over a uh, one week and one day. Um, how can people subscribe to that? Yeah. How can how can people follow you, Joe? So if you follow me at Joe, J-O-E, Fournier, F-O-U-R-N-I-E-R, is my Instagram. Yeah. And the link is in my bio. Uh, it's a four-hour show. Uh, uh, it has uh, Ben Askin, Jake Paul. Uh, has Frank Lee against Steve Cunningham, the former Cruiserweight World Champion. It has uh, Red Progress. Yeah. Uh, the and they're fighting for the guy. Justin Bieber singing concert. So it's a bit like a Super Bowl show where it's a mixture of music and fighting, kind of entertainment. Uh, and there's, uh, yeah, so they're the main televised fights, those four that I just told you. And you go on my uh, bio and you can just click on the uh, the link and it's $49 to watch all four hours of it. Yeah, incredible. All right. Well, I'm definitely going to be uh, tuning in, Joe. Can't wait to watch it and uh, very, very best of luck. Can I get your prediction for the fight? I'd be surprised if he gets out of the, the first round, to be honest with you. I don't know uh, how awkward he's going to be, but I've trained really hard for a real fighter. I've done about 100 rounds, and I'm like, I'm in the shape of my life. I'm ripped to the bone. I'm right down at the weight now, 10 pounds to go for, with a week of water cut. So I'm going to be bigger and be stronger. And I'm, I'm trying to really create a statement that forces Triller's hand to put me in the ring with Jake Paul. Yeah, uh, amazing, mate. And uh, just just one, one one more thing. So, like, I really appreciate your time on this, mate, because um, I always call myself when anyone asked me to to describe myself, I would say I'm a salesperson number one, and someone who just found myself in business. And I believe boxers, fighters, is so synonymous to business or sales because you're either making a sale, you're winning a fight or you're losing the cell, or you're getting knocked out. There's no in-between. And that's the reason why I wanted to interview you, Joe, because you, 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 you cross over both, both, of those, uh, both of those areas. So here's, here's something I made up when I first got into business. It's a saying, and here's what, how the saying goes. Be happy, never content. Joe Fournier, if I were to ask yeah. you to give your interpretation of that saying, what does that mean to you? Be happy, never content. You know, ironically, I have a very similar saying, which is achieve greatness, right? And that's my saying. So you have a saying, be happy, never content. In other words, achieve greatness. Yeah. So be the greatest version of yourself. Be the great, be great, be incredible. Don't just be good. And weirdly enough, two, two entrepreneurs say mindset, and that's the mindset you need to be a successful entrepreneur is, is your saying or my saying is just a different way of saying the same thing, which is, Go out there every single day and be the best you can be. And that's why I always say to people, how good are you? Could you be this guy? Could you be that guy? And I always just say, my competition is with me. I'm being the best I can be. And if that's good enough on the night, great. And if it isn't, as long as I was the, I was honest with myself about what I did, that's what counts. So that's why I don't drink. That's why I sacrifice the food. That's why I train twice a day. Is because I want to be great as Joe Fournier. And whatever that means to anyone else is irrelevant because the competition's up here in my head, you know. And the same with business. That's why the number's the number. Right? I just believe I need enough to have, have freedom. Freedom's my number. 
Yeah. Right? And that could be an extra zero or two zeros or three zeros, uh, or it could be nothing. You know, I've got a Rolls Royce, but here in Miami in training camp, I ride a bicycle everywhere and I wear a garment. So it's irrelevant because at the end of the day, to achieve greatness, you've got to adapt to whatever the situation is that you have in front of you. And if that means cleaning the toilets in my nightclub, the toilet's blocked and it's the middle of the night and I can't get a clear, you clean the toilet. And if it means doing an interview like this where everyone talks about you, I believe you do the interview, but you just can't have one or the other. You've got to achieve greatness in all aspects to be a successful entrepreneur. Love it, Joe. Love it. I love your positivity. Listen, everyone subscribe to the fight. Uh, this podcast comes out on the 16th, which is a day before. It's a bonus bonus episode for me because normally I release them on a Wednesday. Uh, Joe, thank you for your time. Go and smash it. Hit your goals and I'll be I'll be tuning in, mate. Thank you very much. Buddy, I'll repost it for this. All right, lovely. Thank, thank you very much and have a good spa, mate. Nice one. Thanks, mate. Take care. Bye.